Hey, remember me? <laughs> Gosh, it feels so good to just come back in here and worship, doesn't it? Oh, man. I, I tell you, I've had such amazing worship experiences all over the place, like all over the world this summer, but I, I can honestly say that it's, it's nothing like coming back into this room with the people that you know and the people you've been with forever and just going, oh, let's just... Let's just worship together. Just come in the presence of God. And there's something so powerful about that. And it's fun to have my wife and daughter up on stage with me. It's pretty, pretty cool for me. Um, let me just kind of catch up because I feel like it's been forever. It feels, uh, it feels weird being up here. Um, I've been everywhere this summer. Uh, some great, great places. I uh, was uh, out in Paris. Um, you know how everyone says, you know, you know, people kind of have a preconceived notion before they go somewhere and, and, you know, people are always saying, oh, the French are so snobby and this and that. And it's like, well, you know what? I want to go and find out for myself. <laughs> they are, man. <laughs> they are. Anyways, and then, uh, went, went to Sweden. Um, and, uh, Sweden is so cool. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Kind of. Um, Sweden, Sweden was so cool because you guys know in, in Europe, Sweden is like, a, it's one of the most secular, godless countries in the world. Um, but I got to speak to a couple thousand college students that were so fired up and uh, so ready to make a difference and so ready to stand against everyone else. And it's just exciting. It's exciting to find a little pocket of people that go, no, we're not, we're not going to go there. We know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they believe that they can start a revival and that something can happen through them. And I believe God's going to do something great through those guys. So that was fun. Um, went to Thailand. Um, amazing things going on, uh, just uh, so much to share, and we'll talk about that in the days to come, but just seeing people from, right here from Simi Valley that have gone over there and are doing some amazing things. Um, so went to D.C., went to, you know, cool places like that. Then I went to some weird places like Kentucky, um, <laughs> Missouri, <laughs> Arkansas, um, but, but, you know, with all that and going to these different places, one of the things that, uh, that God impressed on my heart maybe more than anything is, is that there's a work that needs to be done right here. And, and, and it's, it's a weird thing, but I, I got real excited to come back. I got real excited to say uh, the solution is the example we set here in this room here in Simi Valley and I just believe you. Great things have happened in L.A. County. I'll, I'll tell you about those too. Um, but I, I just feel the Lord more and more saying, you know what? There's some things that God wants Cornerstone, Simi Valley to do. Uh, there's much work for me to do here specifically. And probably the greatest thing I can do for the furtherance of the kingdom right now is to focus on things here and to... And to build the church here in Simi Valley. And I believe God has great things. In fact, you know... Uh, you guys know I'm weird in the sense that I, I think about death a lot, you know, and, and I think just because I do so many funerals or I, I've had so many people die and I, I just don't take a day for granted. I, I don't, I don't know that I'll be here tomorrow. Um, you know, so while I'm here today, I'm going to go for it. And, and that's the way I live my life. And, and so my prayer life oftentimes is, is God, you know what? 
any time, man, I'm ready to go. I, you can take me. I can't wait to see you. I, I can't wait to see your face. Uh, that's typically what I pray. Um, but this last week, uh, I, my prayers have been different. It's been, God, I'm ready to see you, but... Can I stay down here for a little bit? <laughs> there's some, just, just a few, you know, a few years, there's some, some things that I believe you're calling me to do, and I would love to do those things before it's time to go home. And so that's exciting to me. It's exciting to wake up and go, you know, I got a sense of purpose. I got something I got to do. And, 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 and then I feel like I'm hearing the spirit more and more and more. And, and I'll tell you about all the things that happened this summer. Know that things in LA County, um, your brothers and sisters in LA County are doing a great job. Um, we started like a dozen of uh, these these house type gatherings, and yet there's still a connection. We gather once a month, and and they're doing a great job. And, and my prayer is that it, that just grows and grows and grows out there, because I think that's the only way to reach LA. Um, but I, I I'm excited about that. At the same time, it's only been two months, you know, so you don't want to say, oh, this is it. This is going to change the world. It's going on. The first two months have been pretty awesome, and uh, we'll see where God leads from there. Um, I gotta slow down. Um, <laughs> I got so much to say, and I want to get back to worshiping because that's so cool. But uh, God's just been so faithful to me this summer. He has shown me so much. I feel so close to Him. Um, my prayer life, the way He answers prayers, uh, it's just all about Him, right? You, you, you know, you, you know those times in your life when you just. You feel so connected to God, so close to God. You you pray for something and boom, it just it's just there, it's just there, and and and, and He's every bit as real as my relationship with my wife or anyone else. He's just there, and and you're just in love with Him, and and things are just good. Uh, that's that's the way it's been. But what I want to tell you about, because this will lead into what I want to share this morning. Um, I want to I want to share about what I did last weekend. Last weekend, uh, my daughter Rachel, she, she started high school this week. And uh, so, so my wife and I said, you know, let's, let's take her out for a weekend. Let's just take her out for a weekend and just pure encouragement, just pure, you know, shower her, you know, with just blessing and just, you know, because I have a tendency to, to, to find things that are wrong and want to fix it. And so as a parent, that's going to be my weakness. And, and it's like, you know, she's an awesome girl. Let's just celebrate her. And, uh, and so we, we, we got this hotel room out in Hollywood and, uh, and, um, Friday my wife took her out there and, you know, and, and they just shopped and, uh, and then Saturday they shopped and, you know, they just, they just shopped a lot. And, uh, and, and, and on Friday night, uh, you know, they went out to dinner and, uh, and, and she had, she had gotten a letter from some of you, like like twenty some of uh, ladies that have been in Rachel's life ever since she was a baby, and just just say, you know, can you just write a word of encouragement? Just write a little letter to her, and so she had this little booklet of all these letters from these different girls, and uh, you know, and so they had an amazing time. And then uh, Saturday morning, Saturday morning. Uh, we bought her a cell phone, you know, her first cell phone. And she was like the only junior higher without one. And we were like, okay, high school, we'll have some rules, but we'll give you one. But she didn't know, she didn't know. And, we, you know, Lisa just stuffed it in her purse and, uh, and then calls it. And she's like, what is that? She opens, oh, 
you know, just like going nuts, just, just, you know, total, total blast. And then, uh, and then Saturday, Saturday afternoon, I was going to come out and take her to a show at the Pantages. And, uh, so I called a friend of mine on Saturday morning who, who buys and sells like exotic sport cars. And I go, Hey, you got anything? He goes, Oh yeah, because <laughs> you got to come over and hey, let me borrow this brand new Porsche. Oh, this periwinkle blue. It was just like this stunning. I mean, it goes like zero to a hundred according to the booklet. Um, it, it's just uh, a really, uh, a really, really cool car, you know, so I didn't have to take the Subaru down there, you know, and, and I, uh, it was just so, you know, so then, you know, I take her out, you know, we go to dinner, we, we see a show over there at the Pantages and she's just blown away by the car. We're cruising around, you know, Hollywood sunset, everything else, take her back in the room. And I had written her a letter too, and gave her that letter. And, and, uh, in that letter, I explained how, you know what, at some point, you know, some guy's going to give you a ring and it's going to be over and, you know, on and on and on. But, uh, but, you know. But I said, until that day, you know, I want to give you this ring. And I bought her a, a ring and, and just said, you know, I, I want you to keep this through high school and, and just know that uh, all these little crushes you're going to have in high school aren't going to compare to the love that daddy has for you. Okay, you need to know that. There will come a day, you know, when that other guy comes. Um, but that's going to be after high school. <laughs> probably after college and grad school. So... You know, just I just wanted her to have something to know that, you know what, dad's crazy about you and dad thinks you're the greatest girl in the world. And uh, and it was just, um, I get emotional talking about it because my weakness as a dad is, um, just as a person, is I, I find things that are wrong and I fix those things. I do it in my own life. I, I do it in your lives. I do it in the church. Um, but sometimes I don't just stop and go, wait a second, you know what? You're an awesome daughter. You, you, you're the greatest. This is like a dream come true. You know, the Holy Spirit came into her life a little over a year ago, and she's just, you know, like the kid of my dreams. And uh, does she still have issues? Of course. Are any of my kids perfect? Uh, of course not. But how often do I as a dad just stop and encourage and... Uh, and tell her how great she is and how much I love her and how committed I am to her. And it was, it was just an awesome, awesome weekend as, you know, she starts off high school and she said it was the greatest weekend of her life. And, um, and, and this week, uh, like I said, I, I feel like I've been so close to God and I see the Holy Spirit leading me and directing me. And, and this week, I, I really feel like God has been directing me again and saying, you know, you know, your weakness as a dad, uh, it, it spills over into your weakness as a pastor. And uh, I, I was just thinking about how I, <clears throat> I'm, so, I'm so quick to see things that are wrong. And that's the way God's wired me. 
And I'll read the scriptures and go, this is off, this is off, got to fix this, got to fix this. And, and absolutely, because I, I want to be right before the Lord. And I want to bring before him <clears throat> a bride that's pure and spotless. And go, okay, Jesus, here they are. You saw these people. They would do anything for you. You saw this congregation, this family. I mean, they loved you. They would do anything for you. You saw the way they lived on that earth. You saw the way they loved each other. Like you told us to. You told us to just care. You saw that. And here's your bride. I want to bring this bride before Jesus. That's, that's us. I want to bring this church before Jesus that, that, that Jesus looks at and goes, I know I saw the way they lived. And, and so that's what I live for. Because it's not, I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Um, at the same time, I go, God, you know what? I think there's something more you want to do here, and I want to be a part of that. But the thing that the Lord's been impressing on my heart is that the church really is supposed to look more like a family than it does a business. And so in a lot of ways, my role should look more like a father than a CEO. And, um, and, I, and I think a lot of the problem in churches today is that it's so, it's become so corporate and so, you know, about this business, this show, this organization. And, and the elders and I were talking about it this week about how we're supposed to be a family here, right? Like brothers, sisters, and caring for each other, putting up with each other. Um, no matter what happens, we're always family. And, and I know my weakness as a dad spills over in this area that, um, as a dad, I, I, I'm too hard sometimes, you know, and, 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 and I can't, <clears throat> I get so irritated by kids that are out of control. We all do, right? <laughs> you know, one of the pastors, you know, back east, he was telling me, he goes, yeah, we got a saying out here. If you don't spank your kids, everyone else is going to wish they could. <laughs> And, and, and I, I do come from this line where, you know what, kids should listen to their parents. You know, I believe that. I believe in authority and everything else. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so we got that side down <laughs> in the house. And sometimes it's the encouragement side and lifting up. And, and I was just, the Lord just brought to memory all the things that, uh, that we've been through as a church. And all the things that we've done together. And, and I just believe that today, this week, is just kind of a, a time to reflect back and thank God for those things. Um, I know some of us had a rough summer, a real rough summer. And uh, when you look in Scripture, they would look back and remember the good things that God has done. And uh, you remember the Israelites and how they would almost forget the things that God took them through. And because of that, they would look at their present situation and say, oh, this is impossible. And, and we read the scriptures and go, are you, what are you guys, idiots? You know, look at what he did here. Look what he did here. Look what he did here. And, uh, and I just want to, I just want to personally and formally apologize to you guys because, um, I, I, I have a tendency to just see what's wrong and want to fix it and not take the time to just encourage and, and sit back and reflect and say, this has been a pretty awesome church. This is a pretty awesome run we've had for the last 15 years. And God was just reminding me of everything. He was reminding me to the very beginning. Lisa and I were married a few weeks when that weird idea came in my head of, I want to start a church. 
you know, and we started one a few weeks later. And, and I was looking, and I was thinking back of this this morning. I was thinking of back, I mean, 15 years ago, you know, I was 26 years old, and all his hair, um, <laughs> that I was combing over, and, 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 uh, but, uh, I, I was thinking back to who I was back then, and I thought, I wouldn't have followed me. That thought came to my head today. Like, I was seriously trying to think about who I am today, and I think about who I was back then, and I thought, would I have followed that guy? And I thought, no. And yet some of you did. You know, and I, I kind of think you're dumb. I mean, I kind of think, wow. No, no, I, I, I kind of think, I mean, part of me is like, wow, were they dumb or were they just really encouraging and just thought, you know what, someday, someday he'll grow up. And, and, I, and I think, wow, you know, I took a big step of faith for some of you guys um, because I think you knew it wasn't really me you were following um, in the flesh. You saw my weaknesses and everything else, but you, you saw, you know, I, I see the Spirit of God in this guy. And so the Spirit will do a work in his life. And I was thinking back to our first band. Um, this was back in, the, this is 94, and I didn't even meet our band until that Sunday. I didn't know some of these guys, and this, this kid Fabian shows up. He's got a nose ring with a chain that went to his ear. This was 15 years ago. Now it's like everyone has one. But, but, but I just remember like, wow, what was that? I remember our, our treasurer was, was going to prison for embezzlement. Um, well, we had all sorts of things going on. It was like, okay, who's watching the kids? I don't know. They're all in that room. I mean, it was so thrown together. But the beauty of it was good things were happening amidst these dumb, dumb mistakes. You know, we just saw the hand of God and there was something beautiful about that. And I, I still even remember asking Pastor Larry DeWitt over at Calvary. I go, I don't get it. I mean, I am so clueless now, more clueless than when I started. And I started naming all the mistakes I'd already made in the first few weeks. And and he goes, he said this, I go, I don't get it. These people are still following. They're still, he goes, he goes, do you ever go to a restaurant where it's the waiter's first day and he or she is nervous, they're, they're messing everything up and they ruined your order. You show a lot of grace, don't you? And don't you almost feel bad for them? Oh, let me pour the water. Let me do this for you. <laughs> he goes, that's what your people are doing for you. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, they know you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and so, but, but they're not against you. They're helping you out. They're working with you. And, and I just remember being Sinaloa cafeteria. Remember that? There was just, you know, like, like 50 of us or so. We put out those little cafeteria tables that slide out of the wall. You know, we're sitting on these benches and, and we had Otter in the band and they were leading the worship and, and we were singing. We didn't know the songs. We were just making a bunch of noise. It was just fun. It was fun. You know, it was, it was, it was weird. It was all types of things but it was weird and then and it was fun and and five months into it our lease was about to come up because you can only rent the school for six months and we didn't worry about it and then suddenly uh sunrise church when they're over at chuck e cheese says hey we're moving you guys want our old place like perfect you know we moved into chuck e cheese and i remember the chuck e cheese days and uh um it wasn't chuck e cheese it was right next door to chuck e cheese and um 
But I remember that. I, I don't know if any of you guys remember, but uh, Lisa and I used to run the Midweek Kids program too. And, and we did this thing called Kick where you bring all your kids and we would just load them up with sugar and candy. And we're throwing things at them, playing all these games. And we didn't know what we were doing. We did skits, all this stuff. It was just an absolute blast. And, and it's so amazing because one of the kids who was uh, in, in Arkansas, one of the kids um, that was in our Kick program, he's now graduate. He was, he was like five at the time, four or five years old. And, and he was like just the biggest goofball. And uh, he's a pastor. He, he's, he's becoming a pastor in Arkansas now. And I'm thinking, wow, that's so weird. And, and Lisa and I were just laughing at those days. I go, you remember him? Remember him? He's such a goofball. And, and now look at that. He's, he's going to become a pastor. He's interning at a church. And, but I remember those... Uh, I remember when we started our second service over there at that little room and there were only two people. There were two people sitting in the audience and we had like six of us up on stage, you know, this band and these, these two, two elderly ladies in the back, you know, and I remember just going, hey, it doesn't matter. God's in this room. And one of them was like, amen, brother, you know, and, and we just, we just went for it because we're like, wow, a second service, we're going to do two services. This is crazy, you know, in this room and these two ladies and we're like, you know, what? we're going to do it. We're going to make it. It doesn't matter. God's in the room. We're going to worship him with all of our heart. We're going to go for it and go for it. We had an amazing worship time i remember one time uh speaking over at at chuck e cheese and um and i gave a message that was pretty hard you know right out of the scriptures i think it was matthew 7 or something like that and i remember a worship leader at the time jim altizer after service he looked at me and he goes well think anyone will show up next week (laughs) those were his exact words i go i don't know (laughs) and uh he goes he goes, I can't deny it, though. It's true. It's right out of the Bible. But I just wonder if anyone's going to be here next week. I go, yeah, me too. And I remember that very next Sunday, there was no room. People were sitting on the floor. I still remember. I still remember Lisa Mickle. You, I still remember Lisa and Troy getting out. Of, or maybe it was just you. Troy kept seated. And, uh, you, you know, people were coming in, and there were no seats left. And I still remember you sitting on the aisle. And there were others, too, that just sat on the aisle I mean, it was one of those things where God says, look, you just preach my word and don't worry about the growth of the church. You just say what I tell you to say and I will build my church. And it was an awesome time for me because it was one of those, maybe I was too hard type of moments, but I knew, no, that's exactly what it said. And God brought the increase. I remember, um, I remember when we finally moved into this building. Well, this didn't exist, the MPR and uh, we, we moved in, we, we bought this, this used to be the Board of Realtors building over there, and we moved into the MPR, and we had one service, but I remember we were all excited, and we came in to paint it, because um, we just wanted a new look, and the guy who was in charge of the paint picked like this dark gray colored, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but everyone's painting it, and when it was done, it looked horrible, and I just remember everyone walking in Sunday going, Wow. This is a downer. <laughs> I know. And so we had to repaint it and repaint it. And, uh, um, but but I, I, I remember going to one... Everyone fit in one service in the NPR. And then we went to two services. Then we went to three. Then we went to four. Then we went to five. Then we went to six. Then... We didn't have enough room in there, and so we used two of the classrooms over there and opened those up as a satellite service. 
And we had six services over there at the same time. So we were running 12 services. Remember we called it the seven weeks of chaos? Because until we had t-shirts with a seven on it and it said chaos. Because we were like, okay, just for seven weeks, we've got to pull this off. Just 12 services. You know, just for seven weeks because this thing wasn't built yet. And uh, seven weeks turned into like six months because you know how building goes. We thought, oh, we'll be done in seven weeks. We'll just, you know, and, and we did this. Where I used to lead worship over there. I'd strap on a guitar and sing songs and I'd run across the parking lot and run in the NPR and I would preach and they would watch me preaching on video. And we'd go back and forth for, for 12 services every Sunday. It was just, it was a, it was a zoo, but it was fun. And then remember... Uh, we're building this place. Remember we all came in here, remember with markers, and we wrote prayers on the foundation of this room. I don't know why I get choked up about that, but we came in here with markers and we just um we all just started writing prayers to God and, and verses. Little kids, elderly, we just said, God bless everything that takes place in this room. You guys are sitting on the foundation of these these prayers from uh um, people have been a part of Cornerstone for a long time. And, and actually under this stage, I remember one time we cut a hole under this cross. Remember that? And, uh, and we wrote a bunch of prayer requests. And, you know, because we didn't want to tear up the carpet and write on the foundation again. We, we did that and we, we just built it on prayer and said, let's just, we don't know what to do. There were, some of you guys were hurting so badly and things were going on in your lives and, and we didn't know what to do, and so we prayed. And we just cut a hole on the stage and threw all these prayers at the foot of the cross. Not that that's the way God hears prayers, but it was just something for us to do, something to remember. It's, it's like when God would take the Israelites and do something great with them. He says, you know what, pile up a bunch of rocks there. So that every time you pass by those rocks and your kids go, what's that pile of rocks? You go, oh, that pile of rocks, son. That was when God rescued us, and you can retell the story and stuff like that. It, it was just a, it, it was just a really cool time. And I remember coming in here, and we fit in one service. Then we went to two, and then we went to three, then we went to four, and then we said, you know, let's start a service out in Moore Park, and I'll go back and forth from Moore Park to Simi Valley. Remember that? And I go back and forth, back and forth, you know, every Sunday, and. And then it's like, you know what, why don't we, we just plant a church there that says, you know, Gordy will be the pastor there. And why don't we start at the Boys and Girls Club and see me? <laughs> Remember, we're going back and forth, back and forth, Boys and Girls Club. And, and that was a disaster because it always smelled like a locker room over there and no one wanted to go there. And, and we said, well, let's just plant a bunch of churches. Let's just start planting a bunch of churches. And uh, let's just tell all the staff to leave and start their own churches. And, and um, we got on this church planting thing where, where Paul went out to... Idaho, remember that? And then Tony went to Ohio, and then Doug went to to Texas, and uh, um, Scott and Brian went down to Santa Monica, and Steve went out to Ventura, and um, Brian and Wendy went out to Colorado, and it's just, and each one just took people from Cornerstone. Take as many people as you can, get as many people out of here as you can, and let's just start these churches everywhere. And I remember one time, remember that time when Doug and I had lunch and he, I remember I was 36 years old, five years ago, and he looked at me and uh, he said, if you could do anything in your life, what would it be? I said, I think I want to train up the next generation of pastors and missionaries. I want to make sure they're Bible-based and yet I want to teach them how to teach and how to get into people's lives in a way that's relevant. And, and I remember him saying, so you mean like start a college? 
And I go, I guess, but you don't just take a bite out of your burrito and go, let's start a college. I go, you don't start a college that way. And I remember him saying, why not? He goes, we're talking about God, aren't we? And can he just do anything? And doesn't he want to use people who can't pull it off so that he gets the glory? I said, you're right. Okay, we'll start a college. And by September, this was around, you know, December time. I said, okay, by September, we'll have a college. We'll figure it out. And, uh, and again, everyone thought, you guys are crazy. And we started Eternity Bible College. And, uh, and, and, and just amazing things that God's doing and raising people up from that. Uh, remember when I came back from Africa and I was all freaked out because I had never seen anything like that before and the poverty. And I just said, you guys, we got to do something. we got to do something. And you guys just responded. You know, there's just out of the blue. It was just like I came back. I was just a basket case. I'd never seen poverty like that before. I'd never known poverty like that. I'd never had relationship with people who were starving to death. I was like, we've got to do something. I have no education. They got no clothes. And we started building orphan homes. We started building schools. We started getting food and vitamins and children's hunger fund. And remember when uh, we made the commitment to, to give 50%? Of, of everything that comes in, let's just, let's just give it away, you know, and, uh, and how God blessed that. Remember, remember, the, remember when we said, you know, let's give a million dollars this year. Let's just designate a million to Children's Hunger Fund. And, and so we told them every, every quarter we'll give you a check for a quarter million dollars. You remember that one Sunday? And you guys didn't know about it ahead of time. We didn't announce, hey, we're going to take a big offering or anything. We just had a typical service. But in my heart, I remember it was summer. It was August. An offering was very bad that summer. And I thought, we don't have a quarter million dollars. But I'll just pray. I'm not even going to tell anyone. Me and the finance department, we knew. No one else knew. We didn't announce it. No special offering. Nothing. And that week, the offering, just from one Sunday, was $251,000. You know? And, and, and you remember that? It was just... I remember the, the, the uh, finance team coming to my office going... You're not going to believe what the offering was this week, you know, because it was, you know, 70, 80, 70, 80, 70, 80. And then what was it? 251. I remember just crying. I remember just crying in my office and going, God, I can't believe you. I just, I I can't even believe that. Out of nowhere. And it was just, again, God blessing and saying, you're on the right track. You're on the right track. This is what I asked you to do. People think you're crazy, but you're going the right direction. And then uh, I remember the, the land in Tierra Rahada. And, uh, and I just, the Lord just, as we had the buildings all in place and what we were going to build and everything else, I just couldn't sleep at night with that vision. And I said, you guys, I think here's what God wants us to do. Let's build an outdoor amphitheater and sacrifice so that other people can eat. And display the gospel that way. And I remember there was a little exodus from the church at that point. Going, oh man, okay, now he's lost it. And uh, he's just absolutely crazy. And you guys listened to it and said, you know, all right. I was thinking, man, that's crazy. And that's what I was thinking about this week. Uh, How much change... Remember when I came back, I was away for three months, about four years ago, because I was struggling with my own walk with the Lord and going, man, I don't know if I'm the real thing. And I'm, I come back and I'm looking at these passages about being lukewarm and going, I don't want to be that. 
And so I can't be your leader if I'm not sure I even want to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants me to do. So I just took off that summer going, I don't know if I come back. And I came back and just said, look, we're not going to be lukewarm anymore. And preached that message, lukewarm and loving it. And uh, a bunch of people got angry and left. And, uh, but amazing, for some reason, people started sending that message everywhere. And then all these people around the world were going, hey, I heard this message. I mean, it's the most podcast message we've ever had by a long shot. And that's where kind of crazy love came out of and, and everything else. But it was just all, I thought, man, you guys were with me through all that. And by the way, Tierra Hada Project is not dead, actually. As of this week, God, again, as he's done so many times, there is a possibility that something supernatural is happening right now with that property that um, I can't tell you or, or I'd have to kill you. Um, uh, there's, there's just, it's just, again, where God's going, you know what, just trust me. Just keep praying. Trust me. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything. And so I hope to be telling you about that in the next couple of weeks but it, it could be beyond what we even dreamed because that's the type of God we have and I just want to say man I believe God has things for us in the future and to be honest I don't have a plan right now the elders don't have a plan right now and we want to apologize because We've been quick to see things that are wrong with the church. And, and yet the Holy Spirit hadn't given us a, a place, just not enough clarity. And maybe it's been a lack of prayer on our part, a lack of fasting. And, and I remember one, one prayer meeting, one elder meeting where, where Matt Moore, we were just trying to figure everything out. And Matt Moore just stopped us and goes, you know what? I just feel like we're trying so hard. We're just trying so hard. And, and uh, he talked about how he'd been praying for people in the church and how things just changed. He didn't talk to them. He didn't do anything. He just prayed and he talked. I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Let's just pray. And we just stopped the business and said, let's just pray. And when I look back at Cornerstone Church, there was never a plan. There, there just really wasn't. Day one, we didn't even know who was leading worship. Um, but we believed in prayer. We did, and God answered in amazing ways. And the Spirit led us. He really did, in different directions. And, and you guys stuck with it. And so I just want to take some time to reflect back and think, man, God's done a lot, and let's just praise Him for that. I, I want a week, this week, can we just not, can we just not think so hard this week? Can we not discuss at all, okay, discuss at all the future of the church and where we're going and all the problems? I know there's problems. I've heard them. (laughs) And uh, can we just take a week where we just kind of gather the family back together and say, let's just put everything aside and remember that we love each other and that we've been through a lot together and that God wants us to be a family and that uh, his spirit has taken us this far and awesome things have been happening. And I know Satan would love to destroy this place. I know he'd love to do that. Um, I, I just want to... I want to... Let me see what passage. I'm sorry. There were, there were so many passages I was going to share this, this morning. But uh, 2 Corinthians... Can you do the 2 Corinthians chapter 2? 
verse 10. Thank you. Where Paul says, anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his designs. Paul's talking to the Corinthian church and and he's saying, look, if you guys forgive this person, I forgive this person, but we've got to move on. Okay, we've got to we've got to figure this thing out. Um, And and, and I forgive you, you know, and I've done it in the presence of Christ and in the sake of, you know, for for your sake in the presence of Christ. He goes, why? He goes, because we are not going to be outwitted by Satan. We're not going to let Satan have the victory. He goes, for we are not ignorant of his designs. He goes, I know how Satan works. I know what he's going to try to do. Uh, you guys, you know, we're not ignorant of his designs. I was thinking about this. And I was thinking, you know, Satan's been the same from the beginning. Even though you know what his plan is, sometimes it's hard not to fall into it, right? And I was thinking back this morning, I was reading in Numbers. And I was reading in Numbers. I remember when the people were in the desert and... Uh, they start complaining and then, and yeah, oh, you know, you should have left us in Egypt. There were so many great things there. And, and then God tells Moses, you know, we're, we're thirsty, you know, and God tells Moses, you know what, speak to the rock and water will come out of there. But what does Moses do? He strikes the rock, right? He gets, he's just, he's just so mad. You know, I, I, I picture, because I read the words, you know, I read through Exodus, I read through Numbers, and I'm like, man, you just see, I'm like, God, why'd you give me these people? They're all mad about this and that. You know, here's your water, here's your water, you know. And, 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 and what happens in the end? He goes, you know what? Not only are the people not going to the promised land, neither are you, Moses. I told you to speak to that rock. It, it's been the same all along, you know? There'll be a tendency in the people to grumble and question leadership. And there'll be a tendency in the leadership to get angry and frustrated and hold on to that. And there's just not going to be the grace. We're going to lose the grace. We're going to lose the love. We're going to lose the faith. And it'll just be about this. And that's why I'm begging you this week to just join me um, this week in praying and worshiping. I just want to come in this room that's been bathed in prayer, where the prayers have been written on the foundation of this room. I just want to come back with the family again and say it's been a long summer. And it's been a real long summer for some of you. Uh, some of you guys are, have lost your jobs. Some of you have been saving your whole life and it's gone now. Some of you, your, your relationships, your marriages are falling apart because of all the stress, the tension. Some of you, your wives or your husbands cheated on you this summer. Some of you, your kids rebelled. Totally just have strayed so far from the Lord. Some of you have broken relationships. Man, there's, there's, there's just so much fear right now, too. The fear of this recession. How far is it going to go? Fear of war. The instability of the world. It just seems like there aren't a whole lot of stable things right now. And everyone's kind of a mess. And then in the church, all I've been doing is pushing for change. You know, I'm trying to be Obama. And... Uh, <laughs> 
you, you know, and, and just realizing, you know what, maybe that's the last thing some of you guys needed for a period. You needed some stability, some encouragement, some prayer. And I just want to pray over you guys. I just want the elders in the room praying over you. And do I believe there will be changes in the future? Of course, there have always been changes at Cornerstone. I think it's the longest period of normalcy, you, you know. But, but change is normal here, really. And we keep moving and we keep trusting the Spirit, but, but that's not for now. Right now, I just want to spend a week praying for you, praying with you. I, I want to see what, what, what happens if a bunch of you, just, we just stop planning and figuring out our lives just for a week, and all we do is pray. All we do is worship, and let's just see what God does. And trust in him in that. Um, and then next next Sunday, I was talking to the elders about this. Next Sunday, I mean, I'm going to be teaching you all week long. I'll be here every night for the, for the week of prayer. But then next Sunday, I, I asked Doug Fox to come back. I told Doug, I go, I just need to laugh, you know. And uh, I, I go, gosh, you know, I, I, I miss Doug. Um, he, he didn't take anything seriously. You know, he just always, I go, I don't even care what your message is about. Just make me laugh. No, I said, you know, I just think, just come back, encourage me. Encourage the church. Uh, just tell us what's going on there in Texas. And just, just be you. I, I just think the church needs you right now. Um, and uh, I, I, I just, one, one last, one last, uh, one last uh, passage and then, and then we'll worship again. But Philippians 2. The, the last one on the, the slides, Philippians 2, 1 and 2. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. You know, when I don't know what to do, what I do is I do the things I do know to do. Does that make sense? Like, there's certain things you're uncertain of. I I tend to just put those aside and go, you know what? What do I know? Here's what I do know. Is that God, God wants us to be of the same mind. Have the same love. He wants us unified. Jesus says, when you guys are united, people are going to start believing that I came from heaven. And so what Satan's plan going to be? Well, if I divide them, no one's going to believe their message. And so I go, you know what? This is all about if there's any encouragement in Christ. I'm not a perfect father. I'm not a perfect pastor. The elders aren't perfect. This, this is not about that. It's, this is about Christ. And he says, you know what? If, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if you, if you today, I mean, think back to what God has saved you from. Remember who you used to be? Remember that mess? That mess you made of your life? And yet, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, you were forgiven for all of that. Remember the moment when you finally got it and you realized, I'm completely free of all of that? Remember that? So Jesus died for all of that. I can just let go and I can just rejoice and enjoy and I have all the riches of heaven. I've got all my future. Remember that? You know, just remember that. And how we were all baptized into one body. And, and also, if any of you here today go, you know what? I, 
I never got that. I never was forgiven. I don't understand that. And you guys are a family and I, and, and I want to be a part of this. Understand if you get baptized, you're joining a family. That's what church was supposed to be. Not a who's got the best show, I'm going to go there, uh, organization or business. But it's supposed to be a family. And, uh, and getting baptized meant, I'm going to join. These are going to be my brothers and sisters. And we're going to work together and figure this thing out. And God says, if you get any encouragement from what Christ did for you, if you get any comfort from the love of Christ, if the Holy Spirit is really in you and you get anything at all from the Holy Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, he goes, then do this. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. That's what we know for now. So we feel like the church is really divided right now. And no one's looking in and going, wow, what a loving group of people that are just crazy about one another. It really feels like a family in there. Um, and so we got to get back to that. We go, you know what, let's just take a week and pray and put all our differences aside and get back to what we agree on. And uh, yeah, let's just... Uh, The worship team's going to come up, and uh, we're going to sing a song that uh, we sang we sang over and over about two years ago. Remember, I did a series on the Holy Spirit. I did like a two month series on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no one remembers it. Okay, well, I did. Okay, and, uh, and a lot of you were there. Um, but I did a series on the Holy Spirit, and we sang this song just about every week. Um, the first line of it is, there must be more than this. And uh, it's a consuming fire. Spirit of God, fall on this place, you know, and, and, and stir up this passion for your name. Um, what separates us from the rest of the world? It's the Holy Spirit of God who leads us. doesn't mean that I'm the smartest guy in the world so I can lead a church. But it means the Spirit of God's in me. The Spirit of God is in the elders. The Spirit of God is in you. And the Spirit of God creates a unity that makes us different from every other gathering in the world. It is when the believers of God gather, there ought to be such unity, such power, such amazing things happening. In fact, I just finished writing a, a book on the Holy Spirit. It comes out on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. And, um, and you'll get a free copy if you come to the prayer nights. I'm not telling you which night I'm giving it out, though. So just come all week. And, uh, no, but it's, it's, just, it's got me so focused on, okay, we've got to stop thinking that we've got it figured out in our mind. This can't be a mind thing, and who's the smartest is going to have the best plan. We've got to depend on the Holy Spirit of God to do something supernatural. 